CSN International presents to every man an answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Friday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. Oh, we always look forward to being with you every weekday afternoon at this time. So we just want to encourage you to give us a call if you've uh, been uh, confronted with something or you reading your Bible, come across something you don't understand. That's why we like to get together and do our very best to answer questions. You know, we had an interesting question yesterday about Mesibabeth. And it is interesting that Saul had a son named Mesibabeth. And his son, Jonathan, had a son named Mesibabeth. David sought out Mesibabeth, uh, uh, Jonathan's son, and let him always eat at his table. Where Saul's son, he turned over to the Gibeonites because of the wickedness that was done to them from Saul. And so we have a common name, many people using that name, several people using that name in the Bible, And so uh, to clarify that, once again, for those that were listening, glad you were and hope that helps. You know, uh, again, we're going through the Bible right now in the book of Acts, chapter 10. And we want to just encourage you, if you're not part of a church, we want to invite you to River Christian Fellowship here in Twin Falls, Idaho, on the way to Shoshone Falls. Just follow the signs in Twin Falls here out to the waterfall, and uh, you're invited. Bring your Bible. You, in fact, will use it. We'll probably go through at least half the chapter, if not the whole chapter. We'll just see how the Lord leads. But uh, if you're unable to attend in person, you can tune in 1030 Mountain Time here on CSN, anywhere in the world on the Internet. And uh, you can follow along with us in your Bible. And if you want to come in person, be part of the worship and all those wonderful things, starts at 10 o'clock. And so we'd like to invite you to come and just see what God will do in these great days that we're all... We're all in this, but I don't believe we're going to be in it very much longer. I do believe the Lord's going to take us home real soon. Joining me today, special guest and featured CSN speaker here, we we have Scott Parker with us from Festus, Crystal City, Missouri. Hi, welcome. Hi, Mike. It's great to be with you today. Always a blessing to be with you. Looking forward to uh, answering some questions with you. What are you going through on Sunday morning? Right now, we are still trudging our way through the book of Revelation. We're in chapter 6, going through the seal judgments uh, on Sunday morning, and people are loving that and really getting a lot out of it. And then uh, on Wednesday night, Mike, we just started the book of Daniel. And so we did an introduction to the book of Daniel. So right now, we got the people uh, neck deep in prophecy. So Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. which Which is what people want to know about in the days we're living in, you know, I think as pastors, um, you know, we've, we've got to, you know, the Lord has put us here to be his voice in the time we're living in. And that's what the Lord's put on our heart to share with our church. And so that's what we're doing right now. You know, what I always thought was interesting about uh, Revelation chapter six is John did not recognize or know who the saints were that came up out of the great tribulation. Uh, he, the angel asked him, who are these? And he goes, beats me. Who are they? And he said, these are the martyrs, literally, that came up out of the Great Tribulation. No, John never had any trouble finding the church. Uh, John never had trouble finding uh, uh, believers, but he didn't know who they were. And again, we know that the church is not mentioned. After chapter 3, they're always found in heaven. Chapter 4, 5, and coming back with the Lord there at the very end 
of the tribulation as Jesus uh, sets up his earthly reign for a thousand years. And so we look at that, it's pretty amazing, really. And so uh, once again, 8888, ask the ascends the number call if you got a question you'd like to ask us. And with that, we'll go ahead and go to the phones. We have Ernest on the line, Arlington, Texas. Hi, welcome. Welcome. Hi. Um, I, I have a question that um, God calls us the ecclesia, the called out ones. Yes. And Paul refers to us as ambassadors. Why don't we go to a building called the church? Why don't we go to a building called an embassy, seeing we're ambassadors <laughs> and we're of God's kingdom? Yeah, well, you'll, you'll find that. You'll find it called the gathering or uh, other words. Your, your thoughts, Scott? Well, I really don't have an answer for that. I mean, you know, the the identity of the body of Christ, um, you know, in the New Testament is is this word for church, which literally is the Greek word ekklesia, meaning the called out ones. It comes from two Greek words, meaning ek, or ek meaning um, uh, out of, and then kaleo means to call. And so those who have answered the call who have come out from the world, who've put their faith in Jesus Christ, come into his kingdom uh, spiritually, and together, the gathering of us together actually become then what Jesus referred to as the church. And then also Paul picks up that same word uh, and uses it, and as, as well as Peter um, in the New Testament as well. So what's interesting then um, is that the that word for church also um is is kind of like a there's a parallel word to it in the old testament concerning the nation of Israel and the word that was used for the nation of Israel over and over was the congregation the congregation of Israel and so um when you go back to hebrew and you see that word it was it was a word that spoke of the of the believers or i'm sorry of the nation of Israel as a whole, uh, them being God's people, the congregation. And so the, the whole idea of being the ecclesia or the church has its, really has its roots in that idea, uh, except in the New Testament, uh, God's people and those who now become, uh, the group or the congregation are those who have put their faith in Christ. So to actually know historically, you know, where or when we started calling the church building churches, I don't really know. And the only reason I say that is because, you know, church buildings really didn't come into play uh, until about the 300s AD. Before that, um, the church gathered together in homes. They they went from house to house. The book of Acts tells us uh, as you read through the New Testament, you read the book of Acts, you read Paul's letter to that small letter he wrote to Philemon. Uh, he talks to Philemon and greets the church that was meeting in his house. So as you go through the New Testament, we see for uh, in, in the Bible, in the New Testament and in history, we see that up until the 300s, what happened was the church met together in homes. Um, so the, so we know right from Scripture that the church is not the building. It's the people um, that makes up the church. Um, so the, the whole idea of the building being a church that would not have come about, you know, until uh, church buildings came into play. But again, as you go through the New Testament, uh, you will see that word church used, uh, like I said, for the gathering of the believers. So that's why Paul would say to Philemon, uh, he greets the church that is in your house. 
So uh, the church is the people, you know, it's not the building, uh, but somewhere at, somewhere after the 300s, after the church buildings came into play, at some point, we started calling that the church uh, instead of the people. But, uh, you know, it really doesn't matter, does it, Mike? What we What we call our churches, as long as we've been born again and we're part of Jesus' church. That's Amen. It, it, a, a building is a building. Some some boxes are really nice. Some aren't. But you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, you can find Jesus in in uh, where the Bible says two are gathered in His name. He's there in the midst. Jesus mm-hmm. Himself spoke of the church, of course, in uh, in Matthew uh, when He looked at Peter and said, "Upon this rock I'll build My church." So mm-hmm. we we know that the, the church is speaking of. Not only people, but also, I believe, God's principles built in. Uh, when they said, when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Well, some say you're this, some say you're that. One of the prophets of old, John the Baptist, come back to life. And Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the only Son of God. And Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church. Not speaking of Peter, but he was speaking of what Peter said. That, that he was the Christ. And I, I really believe that, again, unfortunately, a lot of times people today uh, believe that the building is the church. And of course, as you said, Scott, it's not. It's just a nice box to keep the wind and the rain and the heat off of us. Um, and uh, I, I think that sometimes in the teaching down through the history of ages, I think there has been that idea a minister will, uh, you know, begin his sermon. Oh God, as we come into your presence today, well, where were you hiding all week to be out of God's presence? David said, "If I go to heaven, you're there. If I go to Sheol, you're there. Where do I go to get away from your presence? We don't." Uh, and to think that God lives in a box—this is what pagans believe. This is why pagans always put such an emphasis upon their buildings. You see these ornate temples and and all these different things. A, a, a building, in fact, the Bible clearly says God will not dwell in buildings made with men's hands. But yet, you know, they, they lay great claim to their temples and their buildings and all for nothing. Um, uh, but I do believe uh, a nice building to have Sunday school in and to keep the wind and rain off, like I said, uh, uh, is a good thing. Uh, but but uh, there's nothing holy about sheetrock and plaster and carpet, chairs. Uh, what makes a church building holy is holy people assemble in that building. And when the holy people leave, <clears throat> it's still just a box and sheetrock and two-by-fours and carpet. Hope that helps. Sure does. I appreciate it, guys. God bless. Ernest, God bless you. Stay on the line. Send you out some books and BBDs, and let's go to Dion, Fort Worth, Texas. Hi, welcome. Hello. Hi. Good afternoon. How may we? I have a, well, I have a quick question. Um, I was listening to the radio station yesterday morning, and I heard somebody, I don't know if they were a pastor or not, but I heard somebody say that they believe that Christians who commit suicide would go to heaven. Um, and I just kind of thought that was a, a, a dangerous statement for somebody to make on the radio saying that, you know, it, it almost seemed like they were giving people the okay to commit suicide if you're a Christian because, uh, 
you could go to heaven. And I feel like if the Lord tells us not to even swear on our own bodies, I feel like you don't have the the right to take your own life. That is strictly God's decision. Yeah, you wouldn't want to die in sin and whatever is not faith is sin, the Bible says. And if you are giving up on God, uh, you're denying your faith. Now, I believe that God's a merciful God in that I believe that sometimes people, when they commit suicide, are not in the right mind. They are overwhelmed with their circumstances. And certainly we find in the Bible, this happened to Paul in in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. He said that they were pressed beyond measure and they despaired even of life. So I know that whether you're uh, the Apostle Paul or you and me or anybody else, we have those days when, man, it, it's just too overwhelming. But Paul goes on to say in verse 9, But these things happen that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. And so really, I think a lot of times God shows us that the answers are not within us personally as human beings, but they're within God. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people trust in themselves to come up with a way out of the problem they're in. And when they can't, they just want to kill themselves or do kill themselves. To make a blanket statement and said, well, if you're a Christian, you kill yourself, you're going to heaven. I don't find that verse anywhere in the Bible. And I think that's a very, very scary thing to tell somebody because you have no assurance of that. Uh, And again, I think a lot of people say things like this to perhaps comfort maybe a parent or somebody else in that, oh, well, you know, they kill themselves, but they're up there in heaven, you know, walking the streets of gold. I don't find that. I, I just don't see it. Uh, and I I don't believe that every person, as an example, that may commit suicide um, has denied their faith and goes to hell. But I will say this, that as Jesus said, whatever is not faith is sin. And um, uh, Jesus said, if you abide in me. I, I think there are conditions that we have to look at, but to kind of say a carte blanche, if you know, if you're a Christian, you kill yourself. Oh well, you're going to heaven. Uh, that's not in the Bible. I would never teach that. Um, uh, that is what I would call heresy, uh, and so we have to be very, very careful of that because um, bad teaching always li- leads to bad behavior, and if that bad behavior is suicide, then. I believe the heresy has had its mark. Your thoughts? Mike, I agree with you 100% on everything you just said. And, you know, this this is a subject that I know probably a lot of our listeners, it's, it's a very sensitive subject because um, many of our listeners, I'm sure, have been touched um, in their lives with this issue um, at some point. Um, so I agree 100% with everything you said. Here, here's what I would say, too. I would just add to that, that when you look in the Bible, um, th- there is no positive um, reference to suicide. Uh, there's just not. Uh, the people who, in the Bible who committed, suicide were pe- who committed suicide were people who basically walked away from the Lord. Um, they had no hope, and that's what they did. And that's the reason people commit suicide. The reason pe- people commit suicide is because deep in their heart, they believe um, that things are so bad that tomorrow could not possibly be better than today. And the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs that whenever, um, whenever there's hope deferred, when there's no hope, it makes the heart sick. 
And so people, what usually leads to suicide is depression. Um, they've got, they've got issues in their heart. And then that makes, you know, uh, that, that leads to a, to a hopelessness. And that's what many times leads people to do that. Now, I would say this, I would say, um, Dion, that probably the pastor you were listening to, I don't know who it was, but being a pastor myself, um, I would step up on his behalf <laughs> to say that it very well could have been, and maybe you know this or not, uh, it may could have been one of those things where where maybe he was referring to uh, Christians who deal with mental issues uh, or something like that, uh, because sometimes you get into some of these issues uh, where it's not so much a sin issue, but uh, in, in the way of just blatant sin against the Lord, but people who are dealing with mental problems uh, who are believers that take their life. And, and, and in that case right there, like Mike said, we have to just to rely on the fact that God knows the circumstance. He knows the whole situation and he's a merciful God. And we know this, right, from from Abraham's exchange with the Lord back in Genesis chapter 18 and 19. We know this. We know that the judge of the earth will always do right. Um, everybody who is judged one day um, will be judged correctly and will be judged uh, uh, justly before our Lord. So everybody, when, when, the, when the judgment happens, everybody who should be in heaven is going to be in heaven. Now, what I mean by that is I'm not talking about universalism. <laughs> I'm not talking about everybody's going to heaven. What I'm talking about is God is so just in this judgment that whoever belongs in heaven will be there. And whoever will be in hell and deserves that will be there. So we leave that to the Lord. But again, we have no positive um, example of someone who committed suicide in the Bible. It, it's, it's all, it's all people who rejected God and it's, it's all very, very bleak. And we never also, um, we never also want to give anybody false hope. We never want to, to just say that, yeah, you know what? It doesn't matter if, you know, if you're saved, uh, it doesn't matter if you commit suicide or not because you're going to go to heaven, but uh, you're going to go to heaven and be with the Lord because you're a Christian. Uh, in saying that, we're giving people false hope because, like Mike said, the Bible doesn't say that. We want to stick with the Bible. And here's another thing that that I would bring up as well. Another point that I would bring up concerning suicide is this, is the fact that suicide is a sin um, that's final. It's It's a final decision. And also what's interesting, it's a decision that once you make it, there's no repentance from it. You, you can't repent from that sin. Um, it's self-murder. And you can't repent from that. Um, so I, I think that's an issue too. Um, because as believers, we should repent and confess and turn away from all known sin. Um, so if we get to the point where we're going to take our life, we got to remember, hey, this is a sin that, that I can't repent of. So will there be forgiveness for that? Well, I think according to the Bible, the, the answer would be no. And, uh, and also I, if I could just say one more thing, Mike, I don't want to belabor this point, but I think too, we also kind of have to think of, of, of what is going on in people's minds when they commit suicide. Because again, um, the Bible says whatever is not of faith is sin. And so, you know, when it comes to a person who says they're a Christian and if they don't have any debilitating mental issues and they take their life, here's my question. My question is what, what was their the relationship with the Lord like and what was happening in their life that led them up to the point of the suicide? What was going on in between there? Because what I'm saying is 
is I don't see how a person who has a vibrant walk with the Lord, where they're reading their Bible every day and letting the Lord speak to them and they're praying every day. And they're like Mike said a moment ago, abiding in Christ. I don't know how they could allow themselves to get to the point that we're, well, I've got no hope. So this is my only way out. So I, I think, okay. And I, I want to be careful when I say this, cause I don't want to just sweep every, you know, just make a wide sweep here. But I would say for some people who say they're Christians, if they commit suicide, um, I would say there would have to been some walking away from the Lord uh, during that period that would lead them to a place to do something so drastic. So there's a lot of questions and a lot of things to look at here. And and when I look at these sort of questions and I look at the Bible, uh, I'm not seeing favorable answers. I'm not seeing answers that says, yeah, they did this, but oh, they're okay. I, I just don't see that. So we 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 don't want to give people false hope. Uh, we also don't want to just make a broad sweep and say, well, in every situation, here's what happens because we don't know. We trust the Lord that he'll he'll judge and do right. So, Mike? Yeah, Romans uh, 14, 22 and 23, basically, uh, that's mm-hmm. the whole statement. Whatever is not of faith is sin. And we have to, again, once again, uh, go back to where does your hope lie? And uh, for the idea that, well, as a Christian, I got problems, I got trials. Hey, let me tell you, people in the world outside of Christ have lots of problems and trials, too. They have no one to turn to. And all the way through the Bible, you see these bleak, bleak situations that in just a matter of a day change. Look at Joseph in prison, wrongly imprisoned, um, forgotten, basically, even by the even by the butler, until the butler until Pharaoh had a dream, and he went from prison, forgotten, to prime minister of Egypt in a day. So I never want to rule out the power of God in a day, because in one day things can change so radically, and I just want to encourage everybody. When the devil comes to you with thoughts of suicide, I just want you to realize greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. God is bigger than the things you've done wrong. God is bigger than the things that have been wrong that have been done to you. And God will see you through. Again, it's faith building exercise that we go through to cause us to grow in him and to realize that the faith we had yesterday it needs to grow to meet the challenges of today. Hope that helps. Yes, it did. It, it, it helped a lot. Um, I'm always, um, I'm always getting good answers on this program. So I, I appreciate y'all. Well, Dion, blessings to you, and stay aligned. Send you out some books, some DVDs. Keep going with Jesus, and however we can help, we're here for you. Okay. All right. God bless. Blessings to you. Let's go to Dwight, Winslow, Arizona. Standing on the corner. Hey, I'm, uh, how you guys doing? You guys good. doing all right? I hope everything's going good for you. I got a question for you about Mount Sinai. Yes. I'm wondering, um, I read an article recently about three few days ago on the 17th in CBN News. They had an article in there uh-huh. about Mount Sinai. It was called Why Saudi Arabia's Hidden Biblical History Could Be at Risk. Okay. It's written by a guy named Chuck. He talks about an archaeologist in there. Um, The guy says that, um, well, Mount Sinai, you know, they say it's in the Sinai Peninsula. Um, Well, he says, this guy, um, this archaeologist in this article, 
says that it, um, you know, he went, when Moses left Egypt, they, they all went to the land of Midian, right? right, the land of Midian. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, he said, he's claiming that the land of Midian is in the north northern part of Saudi Arabia. I, I, I do not know anything about that. Your thoughts? Well, I would say this. I would go to the Scripture. And in Galatians chapter 4, in verse 25, Paul actually said that uh, Mount Sinai was in Arabia. And so, you know, when it comes to, you know, archaeologists and Bible scholars trying to nail down locations and all of this sort of thing, um, you know, I would stick with the, the scripture and the latest testimony we have in the scripture is from Paul there in Galatians 425, where he says that Mount Sinai is actually in Arabia. Now, I do know that there are some there's some good DVDs. Um, and Mike, you might know better than me, but there's a there's a man. Um, his last name. Oh, it starts with a C. I think his, his last name is Cornute or Cornook or something like that. Um, he did um, what I thought was a really good um, expose. He was an arch- he's a Christian archaeologist and, you know, did a great expose and documentary on this very issue about uh, why Mount Sinai wasn't in the Sinai, Sinai, Sinai Peninsula. I can't even say that. Try to say that three times fast. Um, but rather it was in Arabia. And so uh, that'd be my answer, according to Bible and uh, uh, I wish I could remember the name of that um, that DVD, but there is a DVD out there that is really good that deals with this uh, issue. Mike? Hope that helps. All right. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Sure uh, and and I, I'm not, I, I just like to hear him myself before I make some kind of a, a declaration on that. I, I don't know exactly um, what's being referred to there. I, I, I didn't hear him, so I don't know. And I don't want to, misjudge somebody, but like uh, Scott, you said, uh, Paul tells us where it was at, so you know, I think we can rest there. So Hope that helps. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Stay Thank on the stay line, send you out some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy. With that, we'll go to Daniel in Georgia. Hi, welcome. Hello. Uh, my question is, uh, the book of Romans talks about the church or the elect? Because there are a lot of verses that uh, seems to me they are saying that the believers are the elect, and uh, then uh, I don't see the word church. Okay. Involved. Well, Daniel, we'll talk about this. We're coming upon a break, everyone. Don't go away. Daniel, will pick this up after the break. We'll be right back right after this. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, just watching your hard-earned dollars flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option. It's called MediShare 65+. Plus. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. It really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. 
MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and you can use your Medicare-approved doctor, and you also get telehealth 24-7 service, so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're easy to talk to. Call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. Do you have questions about the history of the Bible? Where did it come from? And how can we know that it's accurate and true? In his book, The Transforming Word, Pastor Tony Evans will guide you through those questions, bringing you to a deeper appreciation of the transformative power of God. To order your copy of The Transforming Word of God for a contribution of $10 plus shipping and handling, you can call 1-800-546-8731 or visit csnradio.com. CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network, is broadcast on nearly 400 stations across the nation. Including over 20 stations in Washington alone, you can listen in Asotin, Enumclaw, Mount Vernon, Moses Lake, Port Angeles, and many more stations throughout Washington and the nation. For the station nearest you, log on to csnradio.com. CSN International, where God's Word is heard. This is CSN. Back to Friday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. And we once again want to remind you, hope to see you in church on Sunday. You know, lots of great things. You know, when you come to church, not only do uh, you have something to to contribute to others, your presence, your uh, life experiences, your relationship with God, but you have to remember people around you are going to be pouring into you as well. And I think that's always such a good thing to realize why we are the body of Christ. And so you're not in this alone. And I think that so often we have come up with different reasons why we don't go, well, I went to church and I got burned by Christians or whatever. Listen, people are people. I mean, look at Jesus. He had Judas Iscariot. What was his ratio? One in 12. Where does that leave you and me? But that doesn't mean we should forsake ourselves being assembled and gathered together. Because again, when we're together, we can do a lot more united than we'd ever do individually. And so being about our daddy's business is such a wonderful thing. And again, I know for Scott at Calvary Chapel there in Festus, Missouri, us here at uh, the River Christian Fellowship, we'd love to see you here in Twin Falls. And um, I just want to encourage you, bring your Bible. No matter which church you go to, you're going to use it. If you're unable to attend in person, remember, you can always hear it. As we go through the book of Acts, chapter 10, this Sunday at 1030 on the radio and on the internet. Back to the phones, we have Daniel on the line and asking the question, what's the difference between the elect and the church? Your thoughts. Well, I think, now, Mike, if I'm not misunderstanding here, I think Daniel had mentioned something about the book of Romans uh, concerning this word elect. So what's the difference between the elect and the church? Well, in, in one sense, there is no difference. Um, those who are chosen by the Lord and who respond to the Lord's call in their life, 
um, are are the elect. So the, the church are the elect in one sense. But when you look at the book of Romans, you will see, for instance, in Romans chapter eight, when Paul uses the word elect uh, there, whenever he actually um, says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? He's talking about believers there. He's talking about the church, um, those who have been born again. Um, but then when you go over to Romans chapter 11 in verse 7, and he uses the word elect in that verse, he's talking about the elect among the nation of Israel, among the Jewish people, uh, because what he is saying uh, basically in Romans chapter 11 is God hasn't given up on the Jews, though they rejected the Messiah, and though he has he has for just a time temporarily rejected them and turned to the Gentiles. He's not finished with them. And the proof that God is not finished with the Jews, Paul says in Romans 9 through 11, is himself. Paul says, hey, I'm a Jew, you know. Uh, Paul's like, I'm a, I'm a Jewish rabbi, you know, and uh, I've put my faith in Messiah. So if God were completely done with the Jews as his elect people, then Paul's like, I would have never been saved because I'm part of the nation of Israel. Uh, so when you look at Romans chapter 11 and verse 7, he's actually speaking of the elect of the nation of Israel. What's he speaking of? He's speaking of Jews who put their faith in Christ and not hardened their heart uh, against the Lord and against the gospel. And so, um, you know, it just you have to to define what the word elect means. You have to look at the context in which that word is used. Because sometimes, like even in the book of Revelation, sometimes when it speaks of the elect, it's speaking of the nation of Israel. Uh, but then sometimes it's speaking uh, in the New Testament, of course, of the church. And most of the time, that is what it's speaking of the New Testament. So, Mike? Yeah, it's a, it's a general term for believers. But depending on how it's used, it depends on which group it would be actually uh, mm-hmm. uh, being uh, being directed to. So again, and it is noteworthy, I think, extremely that we don't find the church mentioned on earth after uh, chapter three in Revelation. So you find the elect, you you find um, uh, you know uh, others that are that are saints, but you don't find the word church, and I think that's very significant. Hope that helps. Okay, uh, yeah, because this is concerning me. You know, make sure you know. Uh, uh, what should I say? Uh, all right, I thank you today for today, and uh, I, you know, I was more concerned about the revelation. If they elect our the church, and are we going to be still here during the Antichrist or not? But uh, I don't believe we are for other reasons, uh, Daniel. I believe that again, the Bible says God has not appointed His His. Uh, his, his children under wrath. And it's very clearly this is what's going down in the book of Revelation. Uh, it is God dealing with the nation of Israel, that last 70th week of Daniel, and dealing with an unrepented world. Uh, and I believe uh, this is why Jesus said, as in the days of Noah were, in Matthew chapter 24, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. They were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, and they didn't realize that there was a, 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 a judgment of God coming the next day, uh, known as the flood. Well, I believe, again, we have people eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, not realizing that there's going to be another judgment fall upon the world called the tribulation period, getting ready to start real soon. And when you look at 
the second coming of Christ, not the rapture, but the second coming of Christ, uh, when you read chapter 16 on, mere survival is all man is able to uh, squeak out in this world. I mean, uh, oceans have all turned to blood. All the trees are burned up. It isn't eat, drink, and be merry. Uh, it is mere survival. And uh, when you really look at how dismal the world is, Jesus said in Matthew 24, unless those days were shortened, there'd be no flesh saved. Uh, that tells me that right about when Jesus finally makes his second coming to this earth, uh, it's going to be, the world's going to be almost decimated. Uh, when you look at the statistics, what the book of Revelation gives us, two-thirds of the world's population is dead. Now, we've all seen the effects of COVID. The, you know, plus 100 million people died. It's nothing, zero, compared to what's going to be happening during uh, the tribulation period. Uh, they said, I believe it is November 15th, by their calculations, the world will reach 8 billion people on November 15th. Now, when you stop to think that in the first, very first part of the tribulation period, one quarter of the world's population dies. So that means not 100 million people like in COVID. We're talking 2 billion people dead. Man, this is some staggering numbers, but that isn't all. As the tribulation continues, that grows to one-third of the world's population. So you're looking at some pretty severe judgments that are coming on the earth. Scott, any last thoughts? Mike, I totally agree with you. You know, when you when you come into the book of Revelation again, and because the church is gone, I, I think it's very clear. <laughs> I think the book of Revelation, you know, so many people have so much trouble with it, but... When you look at the book of Revelation, it's very clear because, you know, in, in verse 19 of chapter one, you have the outline for the whole book. Here's how the book's laid out. But then what you have is after chapters two and three, which is the church or the letters to the church, which represent the church age of which we're still in. And how we know that is we're still here. Um, and so we are the elect of God. Uh, but then in chapter four, it's very clear that the church then is in heaven in the next two chapters, uh, which means when John was called up, when he heard of, when he heard the voice of the Lord Jesus, like a trumpet saying, come up here, he was representative of the, of the church being raptured to heaven. And that's why, uh, then we see the redeemed people of God around God's throne, um, singing, um, uh, praise to Jesus, to the lamb. Uh, who was slain for redeeming us from every tribe, tongue, and nation. Um, so we're in heaven at that time, and then everything that's after that. So every time, you know, after that, the Bible's going to use the word elect. It's either going to refer to mostly, again, the nation of Israel, because uh, a big a big part of the of the uh, tribulation period uh, is going to be God, you know, uh, correcting and disciplining the nation of Israel. And and then at the end, of course, when Jesus comes and bringing them back to himself, um, there are some cases when you see the word elect, it could be speaking of Israel and those who put their faith in Jesus Christ during the tribulation as well. But as far as the church, um, the church is gone during that time. So the elect cannot refer to the church there uh, when you read it in Revelation. So, 
Hope that answers it for you. I believe we might have lost you your call, but if you call back, we'll be sure to get you out some books and DVDs. With that, we'll go to Sean in Idaho. Hi and welcome. Hey, pastors, thanks for your ministry. I've got a quick question regarding the Bema judgment seat. Yes. It's for the raptured folks, the believers, and mm-hmm. that's during the time of the tribulation. But what about the tribulation saints? Will they have their own Bema afterwards? Well, the Bible says that they will rule and reign with Christ as well uh, when the tribulation period is over. Now, uh, concerning the the that, I think the Bema Seat judgment is not only, uh, I, I think it's more of an awards ceremony uh, as well as what we call judgment. But judgments are not always bad. You can have it an attorney called you tomorrow and say your uncle Fred died and uh, there's been a judgment made in your favor and he's left you his house or whatever. Judgments are not always a bad thing. So I really believe that we have to understand more of what this is. And of course, the marriage supper of the lamb, which I believe uh, happens as well. But what this is, is primarily I believe, what position we are going to hold in Christ's uh, millennial reign. Uh, And I believe that, again, everybody's determining today what position, and maybe, very, just very well maybe, uh, in all of eternity. Uh, And so looking at each day as being very valuable, going back to our first caller about suicide, what a tragic thing to... uh, Wipe out your your ability to lay up more treasure for yourself in heaven. See, when we become a Christian, it's no longer about me. It's supposed to be about God. Not my kingdom come, my will be done, but thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Well, if, if you really are truly dead to yourself, um, then why are you killing yourself? Because you're not here representing yourself anymore anyway. It's Christ. So I, I really believe that that in that judgment seat, in the reward seat uh, that we that we will stand in. Now, of course, the ungodly also stand in a judgment seat as well called the white throne judgment where everything they've ever done will come to full fruition. That's why it's at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ. So you think about the people that started false religions. Maybe there was only a handful of followers. Now there's millions. I, I think there's going to be some pretty severe judgments uh, for those kinds of people, uh, those that love and maketh a lie. I, I think we've got a real problem uh, in our world today. And just because an individual dies doesn't stop the wickedness that they set in motion. So they're going to be judged on that in eternity. Uh, and so uh, I think that's really going to be a, a, a an important thing. But when it comes to the believer and what happens to the tribulation saints that are judged, It is interesting to me that they are told in Revelation 6 that they have to wait a little while longer till those who would be slain as they were would join them. Your thoughts? Yeah, and and Sean, this is a great question. (laughs) It really is. And um, the only thing, you know, that we see there um, concerning this issue would be Revelation 20, verse 4. And that's where it mentions um, 
well, I'll just read it. John says, and I saw thrones and they that sat on them and judgment was committed to them. And then he says, then I saw. So along with those, and we know in the first part of the verse, he's speaking of the church that returns with Jesus Christ. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus, for the word of God, who have not worshiped the beast or his image, had not received the mark on their foreheads or their hands. And then here's all it says. They lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So there's, there, there is no mention of a judgment. And, uh, especially when it comes to what we would call the, the Bema or Bema seated judgment where Jesus gives rewards. Uh, we just don't see that. And and I don't know, Mike. This I'm going to speculate a little bit, a little bit here, if I could. But it's going to be scripture speculation. Maybe the reason there's no mention of of a judgment here for them to receive rewards is maybe because, you know, they did lay down their lives for Jesus and paid the ultimate price for their testimony, and maybe because they did that, you know, uh, that's why you know they get to reign with Christ for a thousand years. You know, they're not part of of the church as we know the church today. Um, you know, they're they're a kind of a a different. I hate to use this word, right? But a, a different breed of believers. I mean, they're true believers. The only way to be saved is by the gospel and through the Holy Spirit. But they're they're saved in a different in a different time, a different dispensation, not under grace. And so maybe, just maybe, it's because. You know, for their testimony, they laid down the supreme sacrifice of their lives that there's no need for them maybe to be judged or there's no need for them uh, to be divvied out awards that their their reward for giving their life is they're going to get to reign with Christ. I, I don't know. That's just a speculation as you look at it. But really, that's all you see there um, as far as that's concerned. Now, we do know we know this very clearly, right, when we go back uh, to Revelation chapter 5. What we what we see there, I'm sorry, in chapter four, again, as I mentioned earlier, we see, um, you know, John is raptured to heaven and then he's there with a group that looks like very clearly. It looks to me like it's uh, it's the church. It's the people that have been redeemed because of the song of redemption that they sing in chapter five. Uh, but in those chapters, what we see in chapter four is they bow before the Lord and lay their crowns at his feet. And what's interesting about that word for crowns, it's speaking of the crown of reward. It's a it's a, a crown of victory. And in that day and time, that Greek word Stephanos was used to describe a victor's crown. So those who would take uh you know take uh, uh play or uh, take part in like the um, ancient games um and they would win their event they were they were given a crown instead of you know a gold medal or something like that they were given a given a laurel wreath given a crown well the scripture says that we as believers are going to receive gold crowns and we lay them at his feet and those crowns represent the rewards that Jesus is going to give to us and uh, and we lay them at his feet uh but like mike said i think when you look at the parables of Jesus and the gospels it's very clear that in a lot of those parables, what he's speaking of, as which Mike said, is talking about the position and the part we're going to play in the millennial kingdom based on our faithfulness in this life with what God has given to us. Our faithfulness to the Lord in what he has given to us is going to t- determine you know, what we're going to do in the millennial kingdom as far as ruling and reigning with him. Okay, uh, so we see I think we see that very clearly in different New Testament scriptures for the church. 
for the tribulation saints, we don't see it. But again, um, you know, again, maybe it's because all of them, you know, or at least the majority of them had to give their lives. But all, but we do see this. Some sort of decision is made, right, by the Lord, uh, because he says they get to, they get to reign with him for a thousand years. And so uh, that's quite a reward, I would say, Mike. <laughs> Sean, I hope that answers it for you. Yeah, that really helps, guys, and I really appreciate it because it shows how important it is in this grace dispensation for yes. us to accept Christ. Because if you wait to accept him in the tribulation, you've kind of blown a little bit of your Bema seat reward, and that makes perfect sense to me. So thank you very much. Yeah, and, and Jesus even said that. He he he, he um, That's why I think he, he was telling us— um, uh, to watch and be ready. You don't know what hour your Lord's going to come. There is a reward for those who diligently seek him. Uh, not an afterthought, and and um, like during the tribulation period. Now, I, I do believe there's going to be a lot of people in the tribulation that will be saved, and here's why. You've got 144,000 servants of God, they're Jews uh, from the 12 tribes of Israel, very clearly, so no one can mess it up, no cult, no no group of people. It's clear there are 12,000 individuals, males, virgins, from the 12 tribes of Israel and list the tribes by name so nobody can mess it up. Yet they still do. I'm always amazed. But the point is you have angels flying through the midst of heaven as well, warning people not to take the mark of the beast. You have the two prophets in the streets of Jerusalem preaching God's word. You have all these things going on. I believe there's going to be a lot of people saved and I believe with the cataclysmic judgment falling on the earth, I think there are going to be people that that's going to get their attention. Now, some people, it doesn't matter just this today, no matter what calamity falls, uh, they're going to sit there and revile God and shake their fist in his face and all those kinds of things. But I do believe that there are those, though, that sometimes when they see that, they say, hey, <laughs> I'm on the wrong road or we're on the wrong road. We need to repent. And I do believe that there is going to be people, just as John saw in Revelation 6, and towards the end of Revelation, those that come up out of the Great Tribulation, who didn't buy the Antichrist chili. They just said, no, we're not we're not going along with this. So, hope that helps. Sean, stay in line. We'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs, okay? Thanks very much. God bless you, and thanks so much for the call. Let's go to Joel, Las Cruces, New Mexico. Uh, yes, Good afternoon, brothers. God bless this ministry. God is good. How may we help? Yeah, I, I had a question about uh, about Judas Iscariot in the in the book of uh, of Matthew Matthew. Let me see here. I had Matthew twenty seven, verse five. Yes. In Acts, Acts chapter one. I mean, um, one. 16 to 25, where uh, it says uh, that he died, in one it says that he died hung hung on a tree, and on the other one it says that uh, he died splattered on the ground, Mm -hmm. and we were having a debate on the men's uh, Bible study where I go uh, about this, and we couldn't come to an agreement. I don't know if um, you can help me out a little more. Sure, sure. I I believe personally that just as it says in Matthew, he went out and hung himself. And uh, very common in those days, uh, people were were rather poor. 
uh, and uh, they would they would use ropes uh, clear up to the time they just disintegrated. I believe he hung himself, and as he hung himself, the rope broke, and he fell headlong down and smacked the rocks, and uh, his guts came out. I've been in Israel. There's one thing that you'll find in Israel everywhere, and that sharp rocks are everywhere. <laughs> Your thoughts? You're right, Mike. And you know what? I can't add anything to that. It's very clear when you when you try to reconcile both passages, it would only, you know, it would only go to say, um, since it says he hung himself, it, that seems to be pretty final, uh, that that's how he died. And like you said, then uh, sometime after that, then he would have fell uh, from that position. So uh, I would say by looking at both the context of both of them, that the death would have occurred by the hanging that's mentioned in Matthew 27, and then um, just the uh, the aftermath of that would be him falling then and his his guts bursting out, which I would say this, that that seems to indicate uh, just even more of a judgment upon him because he betrayed the Son of God uh, for money. And, you know, Jesus actually said that that he's a devil, you know, that that uh, that's what Jesus called him. So uh, I would say that uh, that's probably how he died and and him falling and bursting out. is probably just more of the finality of his death and the judgment that uh, he's going to endure for eternity. Yeah. And, and when you realize, uh, especially when you have really sharp rocks and they are, uh, they're yeah, not yeah. nice, polished, smooth stones, they're jagged rocks. You wouldn't have to fall very, very far for a sharp rock to, you know, rip your rip your stomach open or something else like that. Uh, so, no, I, I, I believe that's exactly what happened um, uh, and makes perfect sense to me, especially understanding that they just didn't go down and buy brand new ropes all the time. And certainly Judas Iscariot, who was following Jesus around for uh, several years, would most likely not just have a new rope on hand. He probably used whatever he had. Hope that helps. Yeah, brother. I also wanted to mention that on Monday, over here where I live, uh, there was a a lady that worked for the county uh, collecting information about who who got the vaccination and who didn't. Mm -hmm. And I told her that it was none of her business uh, to ask me for that kind of information. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's that's not their business. Uh, and again, when they come out and they say that if you've had that uh, disease, your immunization from your own natural defenses are better than any shot or immunization you could get from any needle. So, um, uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, you find this and the continuance through the CDC trying to make children now take a shot for a virus that's long mutated from what it originally was. It's really pretty ridiculous, really. Um, again, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. There's something more going on than we understand, everyone. Well, listen, um, Joel, stay online. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll really like and share them with your Bible study. And if you need more, let me know. For Jim, Heidi, and the rest, please call us. We'll Put you on Monday, and we'll get right into it. You know, thanks, Scott, for being on the program. 
Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, and so hope to see you in church on Sunday. God bless you and good night. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 